Welcome to Path Forward Utah with your political host, Bob McEntee, on coming to you on the first Juneteenth holiday ever. What an odd date, huh? Just Juneteenth, just somewhere there in the middle, late June, it happened. Okay, so it was. it's commemorating the slaves being told that they were set free by the Union Army in Texas. Um, and that was a pretty popular statement, right? So kind of neat. They probably wondered if it was some trick at first, but but no, it's uh, it's kind of held in there. We we don't have slavery, well at least not by race, right? We we have some other kinds of slavery that aren't so savory to talk about, but uh, we'll leave that for other guests. But I think the wall, we'll talk about the wall going up, and that is that is kind of rampant, right? We'll get to that. But first, I like to start with a quote when we can, and I heard a report. Here comes the quote. Just hang in there. Uh, the soil in the West is the driest it's been since 1895. You know, I, and I've been cutting back water on the lawn, right? I'm trying to be a good citizen here because you know, it takes a lot of water. And well, when I saw the dandelions are starting to kind of crinkle up and turn yellow, I thought, uh-oh, it's <laughs> getting serious when the dandelions are taking a hit. But so here's the quote, Mark Twain, he saw this coming about in the West. You know, he visited San Francisco. He said that, this is the quote, it's a bonus quote. He said, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. It's true. When it's foggy and windy, you just, you freeze. It's, it's, it's amazingly cold w- without being freezing. But he had an observation on water, especially water in the American West, right? Because there's only so much. That's how it's been for a long time. What Mark Twain said, he said, whiskey's for sipping and water's for fighting. <laughs> I think he was very right. You know, we still we still kind of have the water fights going on in the West. And, and now we have electricity fights, too, because we decided to tie one arm behind our back, or at least California did, on electricity. They said, hey, you know what? We're just going to drop fossil fuels. You know, we're not going to burn oil for electricity or coal. And natural gas is just for heat, right? In fact, I think if you build a new home now in a lot of areas in California, you can't even use natural gas, right? So they they want to use electricity only, which well, kind of a neat idea, right? Kind of got some, I, we get it. We get, You're shooting for green. We get it. However, the problem is, you know, you didn't tell the electric utility companies 10 years ago you are going to do this. <laughs> so they're trying to play catch up. And so now in St. George, St. George, Utah, they've issued their first red alert for electricity. Uh, and a red alert is, let me tell you, it's not pleasant. They're saying, don't don't charge your EV. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's kind of an issue, right? If if you bought some EVs to drive around on and gas has gone up, uh, hopefully you got a hybrid, right? I think the hybrids are a nice compromise between, uh, in fact, I'd love to see someone make a natural gas slash electric hybrid. I haven't seen one yet. But natural gas is out there. It's all domestic. It's very clean. It, it's it's just one carbon molecule away from being like hydrogen gas, right? It's basically hydrogen gas with one carbon molecule per four hydrogens hung on there. Very clean stuff. Um, <clears throat> nobody's done that yet, to my knowledge. Maybe a custom custom job, you can probably get it done. But uh, anyway, so on a red alert down in St. George, guess what they want you to turn your air conditioner up to? I mean, they say 78 degrees for normal, but now they want you to go to 80, which is that why you bought air conditioning so you could have it at 80 degrees? <laughs> I don't think so. But that's what happens. And, and how long before these kind of electricity things affect real estate prices? Like in California, 
if they're going to get a smart meter and monitor you and say your air conditioner ran for three hours on this day when you know anyway they're they're going to be able to interpolate like what you might have had the, the setting to right so i don't think you want that although for saint george swamp coolers maybe they'll make a comeback because they use a lot less electricity they're cheaper to run and when you have a hot but dry environment they work pretty well, actually. They're pretty comfortable. You just got to run them right. You know, some people don't know you got to open a window somewhere to let all the air you're pushing in go out, right? Otherwise, you know, it, it doesn't work right. You need some airflow, right? It's, it's a little bit like our wet system of cooling. They move some water around with some wind, and it feels good when it hits you. Um, works great in those high and dry places. But back to the back to the water but then my comment about slavery. Let's let's go with the slavery thing, right? Today's Juneteenth. We commemorate the end of the slaves, and yet we're strangely silent about the modern slavery, which unfortunately is sex trafficking. You know, because it's just not as apparent, right? You don't see it. You don't see sex slaves laboring in the sun in the field, right? Like if they were if they were agricultural slaves, boy, you'd drive around, you'd really notice it. You'd go, wow, look at all the slaves. But with sex slavery, you know, I've heard about like three houses in Texas where there was 90 to 100 people in one house because they're just cramming them in there. And let me tell you, if you owe a debt to a cartel for smuggling you through Mexico or from El Salvador or Guatemala, wherever you came from, you're going to pay it back, right? There's not going to be any debt forgiveness, right? They're not going to have Joe Biden send them a check for your, for your sex slavery deal that you signed up for. Um, or maybe you just kind of get wrangled into it. Someone says, oh, we'll get you to the United States. We'll get you a job. Well, they didn't really specify what that job was going to be. And, and it's modern-day slavery, and it's just as bad as former slavery, I think. Maybe, maybe somebody could correct me on that, but it's pretty bad. Let me just go with pretty bad. And we need a, a border to enforce this, right? Otherwise, this, we're just, we're just kind of asking for it. And so Texas Governor Greg Abbott is putting forward a quarter billion dollars, $250 million, for border wall construction. And he's going to spend a billion dollars of Texas money which is a lot for a state, right? Because all the people in the state have to fork over their money for the federal government. Then they got to give some to the state, maybe the county, maybe even the city. Some, some, there are cities with uh, income taxes. Uh, not any around here, thankfully. In fact, maybe I shouldn't even mention the idea. But they're out there, like Ohio has that. Um, I think it's a good move for Texas because if you're alive, it means you have an immune system and a defense, right? Every organism on Earth needs some sort of defense because there's something's going to attack it. And I think every nation needs a border. Otherwise, it's just an international park. And if you give away free benefits like health care and food stamps and stuff, you're, I mean, you're going to go out of business pretty quick. You can't really afford that kind of model. But Texas is acting like, you know, at, at least any creature on Earth says, hey, we got to protect ourselves from it unrestricted import of diseases, illegal and deadly drugs, and, and to slow down this, this woeful practice of sex slavery in exchange for passage to the U.S. Um, we need to find legal ways to do it, but Texas is acting constitutionally. They're providing defense, and since the federal government has kind of, you know, is not going to do it, it falls to the states to decide, hey, is this important enough to do and Texas and Arizona have both said, yes, we need to do something. Texas is going to build a wall. I think it's a great idea. They're actually also sending Texas Rangers to the border. And Florida says, you know, we'll help. They're going to send law enforcement officers from Florida to Texas to uh, help with border enforcement. 
And, you know, when you see the federal government failing on several fronts at once, destroying our energy independence, not enforcing a border, uh, trying to push people into vaccines, um, and I'm not faulting our congressmen, for example, or our senators, because I don't think Utah is part of the problem. But I think you need to change the players. When you see multiple points of failure, you have, you have to change the players. Uh, maybe they'll get one or two good things done, the Democrats, right? But I think, it, I think it's time to make sure we turn those tables. But that could be tricky because besides Florida sending law enforcement to Texas, they're doing a little bit of accounting on their, on their uh, elections in 2020 that we were told were all great, right? But now they're saying, well, okay, so 24% of the ballots in Fulton County, that's 333,000 ballots, didn't have a proper chain of custody. Right? We don't know where these came from is what that means. Uh, the other, other ballots do, about a quarter million, have the proper chain of custody. They were put in the drop box. You know, two people signed that, yes, we picked these ballots up. But other ones, no pedigree, nothing to trace. Right, These just appeared. And that's a problem, especially since Trump only lost Florida by like 12, uh, excuse me, Georgia, by about 12,000 votes. So that was pretty close. Um, other energy places, you may not have heard this on the big news because it's Puerto Rico, but Puerto Rico had their grid targeted, hacked, and damaged. That's a problem. Those poor people in their grid, they lost it with Hurricane Maria. Uh, I'll tell you what, I think the smart money in Puerto Rico is going for solar panels, but they are expensive, so not everybody can do that. I understand, but every little bit helps. Uh, if you're going to get the solar panels, you better get, better get a battery in Puerto Rico because you're going to need the battery too, I think. Um, there, there's a lot of energy things to discuss, and it, it's big news because we're so dependent on energy today. Um, and that whole situation in St. George is because they don't want to do rolling blackouts. I'd almost prefer it. It's like, well, could I have my AC at 75 and we'll do rolling blackouts? But other people, you know, if you're a day trader, you might not like that so much, right? Or if you got to do business online all day, I guess you don't want the rolling blackouts. I guess you'd rather have 80 degrees and a good ceiling fan. Uh, but we'll talk more about energy jobs, border, uh, and then some Utah special topics when we come back here after the break. Um, critical race theory is also a hot topic in Utah. We'll talk about that. Other states have taken action, and the Utah GOP uh, took, took what action it could last Saturday. I was part of that, and we'll talk about exactly what the Utah GOP did after the break. Utah and America with your political host, uh, Bob McEntee, covering the national and state events uh, of, the, of the week here. Uh, what I try to do is make you like one sweet cup of distilled conservative nectar to drink once a week. That's all you need for your basic conservative nutrition uh, to keep you informed. Although, sure, you can listen to other sources, of course. But let, let's go with some good news. Isn't it fun to have good news? And I, and I didn't mention this before, kind of saving it, but there was a good ruling from the Supreme Court. And that's probably the legacy we have Donald Trump to thank for. I mean, he got three people put on that Supreme Court. And even if they weren't your top picks, right, even if you're, you could fuss about the three of them, they're a lot better than, I think, who Biden would appoint, right? Are we, can we agree on that? I, 
I would agree. I think most Republicans would agree. Even even Trump's worst picks are going to, and I don't think they were that bad, but even the worst he could do is going to be a lot better than what, what Biden would do. And so we're getting some, you know, right when Congress is blowing it, we're getting some better decisions out of the Supreme Court, although you never want to depend on them. But they did back up religious freedom once again, and this is like the uh, second time they've done it recently here. So the, the Supreme Court unanimously, unanimously, and no, they weren't half out with COVID. I mean, there was nine of them, and they unanimously agreed that Catholic Social Services does not have to place adopted children with gay couples in violation of their, you know, moral standing or their, or their religious freedom. And this isn't so much about, you know, if that makes you mad that shouldn't gay couples be able to adopt. Well, we're just talking about Catholic social services, right? So if some, you know, dual income gay couple wants to pay some lawyer to get them a kid, they can probably do it, you know, right, wrong or other actually. But that means you, you can't force Catholic social services to do something they don't want to do. And I think that's good for everybody. You know, people need to have con- convictions upheld, right? They need to be able to follow their moral, moral conscience. I'm sorry, that's when the trading programs up. I'm going to shut that down. Um, funny sound, though. Anyway, that's good news for us, I would say. And then I would say more good news. Now, what states are doing. So those states, the laboratories of democracy, so-called, I kind of like that because every state can tinker with things a bit. So. Once critical race theory started making the news and people found out what they're calling the white kids like irredeemably racist, you know, but nobody else is racist. Okay, well, that that doesn't seem so fair. That doesn't seem so impartial. It doesn't seem in accord with the 1964 Civil Rights Act that said, why don't you just treat everybody equal? How about that? And so now we're going the other way, right? And I got to tell you, the Soviets looked at the United States and they said, you know, you know, we want to weaken it morally, of course, because that's that's like in the working out of the Communist Manifesto. You have to bring a nation down. You have to ruin it so that their their normal systems aren't working, right? When you ruin a nation and everybody's out of work and you go, hey, how about socialism or how about communism? People go, well, okay, yeah, let's give that a try. So they intentionally try to ruin society. The one way they analyze the United States and they say, you know, you got all these various races there. How about, how about we get a little race war going? It doesn't have to be a hot race war. They don't have to be shooting each other in the streets is maybe that one wouldn't last so long, right? But how about like a cold race war? We just make everybody hate each other, sue each other, talk bad about each other. You're the racist. No, you're the racist. You know, well, that's kind of what they got us doing with critical race theory. And yet some Republican states and some some kind of purple, they, they have banned the teaching because they realize it's so divisive. It's, it's so bad for people. It just creates bad blood. Whereas if you left it alone, oh my gosh, children are, are like the least racist of anybody, right? They, you gotta get, you got to pick it up from somewhere, right? Kids naturally, they, they just aren't that racist, you know? So, so they're naturally, they don't, they don't need to be taught to hate each other. But so what states have banned the teaching of critical race theory? Uh, for good cause, I would say. Florida, Idaho, Iowa, Oklahoma, Arkansas. Yay. Does that mean they can't talk about race? No. Does that mean they can't talk about bad stuff in U.S. history? No. No, it doesn't. In fact, the Utah GOP, you know, the party, uh, which is which is the governing body of the Utah Republican Party, is the SCC, the State Central Committee. And they passed a resolution against teaching critical race theory at any level in Utah, meaning uh, college level, university, 
the same because they've said that some school they're trying to say the critical race theory advocates are trying to say oh this is only university level don't worry but actually no it's already seeped into the classroom right in, in the in the lower grades k through 12. Uh, and there's always some spillover, right? Because when, when new teachers come out of college, they remember what they learned. They talk about that. Other ones pick it up. They like the agenda. Uh, and, and I think some people mean well. This is a bad tool. It's all you can do is kind of start a cold race war. Uh, by the way, my term, I hadn't heard that anywhere. I think it kind of fits the cold race war is kind of what we got going on. Sometimes it turns hot in the cities when they burn buildings down and start beating people up. Uh, that's, not, that's not solving anything, by the way. But now, what would you hope? Okay, Republican. So if your Republican party is going to vote on, hey, let's ban this stupid teaching. Not that you can't talk about race. Not that you can't talk about bad stuff, okay? Let's, let's ban this thing that says white people bad, right? And others not able to be racist, which is just foolishness anyway. Um, would you hope for 100%? Maybe you're a realist. You go 98%. Well, it passed with 95% approval is pretty good and yet some of those five percent are on key committees right they got they got pushed on there by establishment GOP they're on our constitution bylaws committee right and they're going to try to make it so so the members can't just you know voice an idea a proposal of hey we should change our bylaws our constitution and the GOP they wanted to go through constitution bylaw committee I ran for it there were the establishment had their slates out the conservatives did not get on the committees there was like maybe one or two we got a couple secret allies on there, but you know we're not going to name them uh, because they they if, if they were named they wouldn't have got on there because the former the former party chair you're not going to hear this anywhere else but he was observed creating slaves with like Amy Winter Newton kind of establishment likes to go nice lady I like Amy but you know they were working their slates is that illegal no no they can do that um, but they they pushed it out they didn't want conservatives on the Constitution Bylaws Committee or the Audit Committee and they got their people on for the most part. Uh, but some of those people they got on, they, they were the ones that voted um, to let critical race theory go forward in Utah. I think a really bad move. And I'm, I'm talking like um, Peter Greathouse from Millard, Millard County, right? Real, real small county. He's, he's very well liked there. I don't know what his reasons were. Someone else told me they asked him. He didn't give any. So you never know what people are doing. Now, I respect someone that wants to abstain. If they, just, if they don't like it, they, they think this is a bad way to go. Sometimes it's okay to abstain. You know, I've abstained here and there when I, I go, I'll just let other people decide this. It's not a hot burning issue with me. Uh, this isn't one, though. This is one I think we should have been ideally 100%, maybe 98%. Now, how did the, the, the black guys vote on the uh, SEC? Well, all the minorities I know, the uh, Hispanic, the black, the Native American guy, they all voted to ban it as well, right? So you had... So you just had kind of a white liberals, I'm going to say, that stood up and said, no, we, we want this critical race theory. Well, thanks once again, white liberal rhinos in the Republican Party. You know, you've, you've, you've made yourself known. There's only nine that voted against it. So they, they've been identified, um, and we're watching. And we'd like to know their reasoning, but I'm not so sure there is any. Uh, and the, anyway, let's go back to the committees for a second, because there's a buckshot caucus. You might not realize this. They're, they're pretty establishment. And they're pretty powerful, pretty quiet, right? But we know who they are for the most part. And they're the ones that orchestrated these slates to keep conservatives off committees. Uh, and you had the former chair, Derek Brown, uh, an Army Intel guy there. So he watched these three people 
you know, the, the, chair, the former chair, who's kind of the shadow chair now, and his wife, Emily, who's very nice to work with. I like Emily. And Amy Winterdeen. Again, nice to work with, but more the moderate people. Then they wanted the moderate or liberals on these committees. Well, they got them, okay? For better or for worse, that's who's on the committees for now. Uh, there's some things we all agree on still, right? It's not like these people have only bad ideas. No, I, I wouldn't say that. There's There's some things we all agree on. But I think, you know what? Grassroots Republicans, if you want more conservative action on your committees, on your GOP, you need to run for delegate. Don't say the caucus system's lost and not run. You still need to run for delegate. Someone's going to run the Republican Party. Vote for bona fide conservatives. We'll talk more after the break. Path Forward America with your political host, Bob McAtee, representing the conservative side of the GOP, but not the ultra-conservative, okay? They, they, they make enough noise on their own. We, they, don't, they don't need help. There are a lot of my friends and allies, honestly, but uh, just conservative. In fact, I quoted Mike Pence at the SEC meeting when I was running for CNB. I, there's one good quote from Mike Pence that I really like, just one. But he said, uh, I'm a conservative. I'm just not angry about it, <laughs> which which I like. You don't have to be angry to believe in uh, conservative principles that work because, you know, Ronald Reagan said it, conservative just believe in what works, you know, basically the early sustainable political models, if you, if you'd like a new term, sustainable is the new term, but it is sustainable to do conservative things because once you start writing checks, you can only keep that up for so long, right? Governments that are big debtors, they, they can't sustain that forever. Let's go back to Juneteenth for one second, a brand new holiday and who says the federal government can't work fast, right? Because they, they passed it on Thursday and on Friday. Okay, everybody, take Friday off, right? They, man, they got out record time, like 12 hours. They, everybody's off. Okay, okay, everybody's off. We got it. So, so you can't say they're slow because sometimes they can be really fast when there's a holiday involved. Um, and who, who, who notified the slaves that they were free? You know, because Abraham Lincoln proclaimed it. Um, the Emancipation Proclamation, but it was it was soldiers. Did I misspeak? Was it lawyers that you don't know? No, it wasn't lawyers. It was it was soldiers. They got to tell these black people that they were free because soldiers do the fighting, right? There's a point where we leave off the, the business stuff and the lawyers, and we go, we got to slug this out, right? Because we just can't agree. And so um, that's what happened. The sol- it was left to the soldiers. I just want to you know just kind of a little reminder. But sometimes, you know, the last hope for your freedom is not the Supreme Court, but it's the soldiers, the military. So I guess we always want at least some good people in the military, right? Because they pull them. They pull these guys in the Marine Corps. Every, every few years, they go, hey, um, hey, we were just wondering, uh, would you be cool with shooting, on, shooting at citizens? And, you know, when too many of them say, no, we're not going to shoot at citizens, then they, they have to put any plans with that aside, right, or realize it's not going to go so well. So you want the good people in the military, not just people going there for college money. Um, separate issue you're not going to hear anywhere else. Why, why have Facebook and other, you know the big names, Twitter and all that, 
why have the they banned discussion of upcoming solar events? Why would that be? Maryland University, they discovered uh, how we get solar minimums and maximums, right? There's like these, these kind of storms that go on in the sun. And if it happens at the right time, it kind of kicks the sun into like a minimum, meaning less sunspots, less solar flares, less coronal mass ejections, or, or to a solar maximum. And it tends to be on an 11-year cycle. But even with this, within those 11-year cycles, it can be, you know, like kind of moderated or kind of intense. And they've discovered kind of a mechanism in the sun, how, how this happens, right? And I, I, I'm not really smart enough about this to explain it, just that somebody else understands uh, hey, if this happens, it's going to be an intense minimum or intense maximum or, you know, more mellow if it goes this way. And there's some thought of, gosh, do scientists now think they could, they could trigger an intense maximum? Could they make it, you know, because if the sun fires up, if there's more solar flares, more CMEs, it tends to run hotter. So you're going to get hotter temperatures on Earth, not because you're a Chevy Suburban, right, but because of the sun. Uh, which makes a lot of sense, right? It seems to be the sun's what's heating us up in the summer, right? It's not It's not what we're driving or how we're cooking or barbecuing or how many cows we have. It's the sun, okay? That's what's baking the soil dry, and the sun rays are really, really powerful, you know? Um, so why, why would these people want to ban it? Well, you know, if, the, if, if scientists have learned how to manipulate the sun, well, couldn't they induce, like, an extreme round of, of a hot cycle of the sun where there's more bad stuff happening that, that could impact the power grid. Uh, and it looks like our power grids are getting pretty fragile anyway. Texas is saying, hey, you know, conserve energy. California and Southern Utah, which is a separate power company from the rest of Utah, Dixie Power. And they have agreements with California. They have to provide some po power. So, you know, stay tuned for events from the sun. And, and if someone tells you it's your Chevy or it's the fact that you eat meat, which, you know, has been going on since the book of Genesis, um, that's probably not what's changing the weather on Earth, right? It's probably something more uh, recognizable, like the sun, okay? I think that's why Mars is hot, because it's close to the sun. Anyway, just keep your eye on that. Don't believe everything you hear, even if it's the aliens come down and tell us, okay? You, gotta, you don't want to believe them right off the bat. They've been pretty secretive, haven't they? Uh, now, we talked about this before. It's fun because we can say it on, on this show. We can talk about stuff that's banned on YouTube. You will not find one video, not a single one on YouTube, with the magnet challenge. What's the magnet challenge? Well, that's when somebody that just got the vaccine can stick a magnet or a cell phone on their arm, and it will stick, which is very creepy. And I talked to, oh, my gosh, who was it? Some super smart person who's um, a doctor of medicine. Oh, that's right. He, he, owns a, he runs a flight school down in Texas, and, but he's, he's a medical doctor. And he says, well, they must have nanobots in there, which, you know, that does seem to be that's maybe there's something like that for tracking, because um, that was a patented idea that when they inject you with vaccines, the, the record of the shot could be something they could scan in you. They would put it in the shot and they could scan it. And then somebody brought up the idea of, oh, my gosh, what if there's an EMP and you've got these, whatever the metallic thing is, all over your body. Well, that does not seem good. I just got to tell you. Um, I don't know if it would impact you that much or not, or if it would matter if you're outside or if you're in a car or if you're in a, you know, a shielded environment, you might, you might be okay. Um, but if you could maybe do like I do and go, you know, we don't need that vaccine. 
Maybe we could rely on vitamin D, or if we get in trouble, some hydroxychloroquine plus zinc, plus a better diet, you know, put down the potato chips, have an orange, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I think a COVID pill. That's interesting. A pill is a lot less invasive than a vaccine because God didn't build us with vaccine ports, right? He built us with a mouth so that stuff you eat goes in your stomach, gets, gets dissolved by acid. You know, if there's viruses and bacteria, you're a lot better off uh, because your stomach will take care of a lot of that if it's working right. Uh, but a vaccine, you have no, you have no ability. To, your, your defense system isn't prepared for stuff going directly in your bloodstream. And that's the problem. Even stuff you drink, like you drink a cup of coffee, you know, you could drink, what, three, four cups of coffee before you start acting weird and getting all jittery with your nerves. But if you were to inject one vial of coffee in your in your veins, it could kill you, right? A cup of coffee is enough to kill a horse because your body isn't prepared to metabolize it when it goes straight into your bloodstream. So it's different. It's always, it's unnatural. That All vaccines are unnatural. It doesn't mean they're all bad, right? But this COVID vaccine has had more adverse reactions and Christian Chevrier, she's on the SEC with me. She runs uh, Your Health Freedom in Utah, great organization. And she said there have been more adverse reactions to these COVID vaccines than the last 30 years of all other 70-plus vaccines combined. Ooh, you're not really hearing that on the happy news, are you? You know, when the governor's saying, hey, everybody needs to get this, you're not hearing that this has more side effects and adverse reactions than, than all the other vaccines put together for three decades. No, nobody's really got much incentive to tell you that, but, but I just did. So be forewarned, okay? This thing has problems. And, you know, they've got all this happy talk because it seems to work at some level, but, but kind of at what expense is the question. Um, so just beware, you know, just keep your own immune system that God gave you running, running but you can do better. You can have an apple instead of, you know, the sugar-coated whatever you're going to have. Just just try to move the needle a little bit and get that vitamin D in you and the zinc, you know, and you can make the vitamin D in the sun. You go out for uh, 20 minutes in the sun, that you make you make 10,000 IU of vitamin D. You make a lot. Uh, if, if, if you're not overly clothed, right, you might want to take the shirt off or wear the short sleeve. Um, here's another topic. Let's switch gears before the break here. So California legalized low-level shoplifting, under $1,000. But I want to take a guess. Did shoplifting go up or down? <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I'm going to give you a hint. Yeah, yeah, the the host there's got a he's got a he's got a guess. Probably the same one you do. Well, let me give you a clue. 19 Walgreens in the Bay Area have had to close because of shoplifting. So that means how many? Each Walgreens probably what five employees? You know, so there's a hundred people out of work now because California said, oh, let's don't let's don't prosecute shoplifting. Let's just that's just small, but let's let it go. Well, that's a problem because you know when you don't take care of the ants in the house, you know then you get the next thing behind them. That's kind of what's going on. You legalize shoplifting, well, pretty soon you've got the swarm attacks, and and they know the cops aren't coming, right? So they're gonna they're not gonna stop at a thousand dollars, right? They're gonna try to get the cash register, the all the cell phones, the jewelry, whatever they can get away with in a swarm attack. And you you've just lawlessness. You've just created and endorsed lawlessness, and that's what you're gonna get. In fact, I'm not an advocate for a police state. Things go much better when you cite people for smaller things, right? You're speeding 10 miles an hour over. Let's give you a ticket, right? You're driving around at night with your lights off. Hey, idiot, here's a ticket, right? Think about it. And when, when, you, when people know they're being watched, they're more careful. They're less crimey, right? They're not going to steal. They're not going to jack you up in the alley because they know. And here in Utah, you know, 
anybody can conceal carry a gun now. They can legally own one concealed carry. And have we had a, a lot of shootings? No, we haven't, you know, because that's a check on crime that says you better not, buddy. So we'll talk more about those kind of laws and shoplifting, uh, etc. after the break. All right. Welcome back to Path for Utah. We're in the final power segment here. We're going to get through a few news items and local as well. So, so we talked about before the break that California legalized shoplifting, and guess what? They got more shoplifting, right? That's that's a problem. Businesses are going out of business. They're closing. Some will preemptively close, or they, they won't open new stores in California, you know? And, in fact, some places where they defunded the police, the business owners are now demanding that the police be refunded because they see this is directly becoming a burden on them. They're getting the shoplifting they're getting the windows broken. And these small businesses, you know, they don't, windows are expensive. They can be like a thousand bucks for a big shop window. So you don't, you don't want that, you know? Um, and it's in everybody's interest to keep crime low because, you know, if they feel at ease to steal from a store, you know, your house is looking pretty good too, isn't it? Or your car or your business, right? So let's, let's have respect for the law. You know, let, let's don't have uh, lawlessness. Now, speaking of uh, stupid things to legalize, so shop, legalizing shoplifting, bad idea, okay? California, you tried it. Would, would you please come back to reality? Okay, I hope you do. But President Biden gave President Putin a list of 16 things that, hey, this is a red line if you hack these. Well, is that kind of like saying, you know, low-level shoplifting, we're not going to enforce it, you know? So if you, if you want to hack the ice cream, you know, store, well, you know, go ahead. We didn't put it on our essential list, you know. And what if what if it was a list of six states not to attack? Would that would that make you nervous? Like, hey, if you attack these six states, we're going to war. <laughs> well, that kind of says the other the other forty four, you know, go for it. And and that's the problem when you when you when you don't protect the whole economy, and you tell Putin, hey, these sixteen things are off limits. Well, then, you know, you've also told him what the critical targets are. Oh, thank you very much, comrade. You know, you just told us what to attack. So I don't like it, right? I think I think I think we had better results under Trump, right? We weren't getting things hacked because he was a little bit scared. I mean, you know, Trump was a little bit unpredictable. I'll I'll admit it. He but I liked how he kept our enemies off balance, right? North Korea tempered down on the missile testing. Uh, China wasn't as threatening. Russia was better behaved. Uh he rolled it back, same with Iran. So I think sometimes you want a president that puts a bunch of question marks in the heads of our adversaries. Uh, whereas Biden doesn't. He's kind of a doormat. No offense. I mean, I'm not trying to overly put him down. But, you know, when you're saying, well, you can attack anything but these. Well, no thank you on the open door policy for hack attacks, right? Uh, and Putin, of course, denies that, that he's doing it. Hard to tell, right? Uh, but. Could there have been election interference? Well, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not so worried about the Russians. I'm more worried about domestic election interference because it's all kind of run at the county level for the most part. And, and when they're investigating the results there, I mentioned this early in the show, but in Georgia, now that they're kind of, you know, lifting the hood and looking underneath, they're finding problems with the chain of custody. They can't account for who touched these ballots or even where they came from. It was a very thin margin there, 12,000 votes in a state of millions of people. That's a tight margin. Uh, Gatewaypundit.com is kind of my source for that. They covered the Fulton County election where a county official did admit they don't have chain of custody for 24% of their ballots. That's a lot. Definitely enough to throw the election 
And since it was, we're talking about 333,000 ballots that they don't have a chain of custody for, that's enough to throw the election for the whole state. Uh, Arizona is discovering things too. And now actually from the federal level, we have Merrick Garland, our attorney general, saying, hey, we're going to open a nationwide investigation of these voter things. Well, that's because they want to clamp down on it. They want to say it didn't happen. That's a problem. I think if you have concerns in your state, you, you need to you need to keep that fire burning, right? You need to you need to keep that hot. Uh, it's got to get the legislators' attention that, so they can do whatever they can to fix it. We're doing that here in Utah. The platform Republicans have towed the line on we need good elections or what does it matter, right? What does it matter? Because if the elections are phony, then we don't know what people are voting for, and we know that the will of the people is not being implemented as per our, you know, democratic Republican form of government. It's a Republican form of government, but we democratically elect them. Okay, how about some good news? What if there was a a 98% proven way to avoid poverty? Would that be interesting? Because most people aren't, you know, poverty's not on their plan, right? Nobody puts it on their schedule, like get poor today, right? So it's kind of happenstance. There's a lack of wisdom or lack of understanding or discipline that that gets you into poverty. And so... um, there's some good simple research online from the brookings.edu, you know, so it's a school, Brookings, and they found that if you follow these, these simple three rules, 98% chance you won't be in poverty. So, so what are the three rules? So rule number one, finish high school. Rule number two, get a full-time job. Rule number three, these are really guidelines, but number three, Wait until age 21 to get married and have children. So all they're saying is, you know, kind of do the smart things first. Get your school finished, get a job, get married once you're more established, right? Um, and 21 is not too old. Now, can you bend some of these rules? Well, sure you could, right? You could, you could bend some of these rules because um, people are succeeding. A little variation on that, but the point is people that follow these rules only 2% are in poverty. So, so when you hear someone say, oh, this percent of black people's in poverty, well, the fact is, you know, sometimes it's not about race, right? It's not about gender. It's not about your religion. It's about, are you doing the smart stuff? And I would advise, you know, one of the best business advice books I ever read is the book of Proverbs, and it's free. You, you go to blueletterbible.com, Maybe it's .org. I can't remember off the top of my head. But Blue Letter Bible, you can read the King James Version or the New King James or the NIV. You can take your pick. They're all there. I recommend the King James Version, by the way. Um, but you've got your business training there. It really is how to deal with people, that, that you should be careful with your words, right? Isn't that half of what happens, you know? I mean, people want to sue because of what somebody said. I could talk about a situation with the Washington County Republican Party, but I think I'll save it. They invited a speaker. She had to cancel for personal reasons. Oh, my gosh. Somebody mentioned a lawyer. Then it got ugly. But it's all about wise words. So maybe maybe don't threaten your guests with a lawyer. You know, And that's the person that has, has got this controversy started, which I really haven't told you much about the controversy, but is one of those people that the establishment got on our Constitution Bylaws Committee. And unfortunately, she just did an unwise thing. It's not all her fault, right? She was presented with a bad situation where this, this high-level speaker – canceled about three weeks from an event when, you know, all the tickets are sold out. They're all expecting Candace Owen to come and speak on Juneteenth. And yet she had to cancel. So how do you handle that? Well, the answer is carefully. 
<laughs> right? and, and the answer is not go to the press and attack your would-have-been guest speaker. That, that sets things off. That's a problem. But I think it's going to get resolved. Um, I know Jamie, Jamie uh, I don't know if it's Poole or Renda now. I don't know what's going on with that. But, but she's working, you know, all the players in that to try to get it resolved more amicably, which would be good. That's Proverbs, you know. Try to try to keep things pleasant as much as possible. Um, but back to the, the the three advices. What were they? Finish high school, get a full time job, and wait till twenty one to get married and have children. So the people that follow this prescription, seventy five percent have joined the middle class. What's that? Meaning they earn fifty five thousand or more per year. Uh, obviously, there's more influences at play, but this, these are good guidelines for a young adult to just avoid poverty, right, and, and, and make a good living for yourself. Uh, so that article is three simple rules poor teens should follow to join the middle class. It's not all about race. So sorry to my friends in, in Washington County today that you're supposed to set your thermostat to 80 degrees for the red power alert, the first one they've ever issued. Um, I, think, I think it's frankly kind of un-American that we've overly restricted our energy so much because we're usually about providing what's needed right? But we're bucking up against all these artificial limits we put on ourselves. Oh, we're not going to use this. We're not going to use that. And I'm all for clean environment. But, you know, if you want to limit coal and oil, maybe you should go, you know what? Let's try some of that small, clean, new, safe nuclear, right? Bill Gates and Warren Buffett see the writing on the wall, and they want to put one in in Wyoming because Wyoming's not going to create crazy restrictions, right? Even though they're the king of coal and they got plenty of oil, Wyoming's smart enough to go, hey, yeah, we'll let you put in a nuke plant here because it's sodium cooled. It doesn't use water to cool itself. It uses sodium, you know, and it can shut itself down if it gets in trouble. It's smaller. So even if the worst stuff happens, it's all smaller Uh, because not charging your electric vehicle when everybody gets pushed into electric vehicles is not going to be so great. We we need energy. So we need to get behind politicians who understand that too. Uh, I expect good legislation next year. We've engaged the good guys in the legislature, that's the platform Republicans have, and myself, to do smart things about energy. So I'll just say that. Um, now, quick water tip. You've got an AC condensation pipe. It drips when your AC runs. You put a bucket under there, and you can catch your water and use it on your indoor or outdoor plants, right? Just hand water them with a bucket, you know, or a nice little thing. There's your water tip. So let's, let's work together to minimize the drought effects on everybody. Thanks for listening to your sweet conservative nectar for the week. Your host, Bob McAfee, Path Forward Utah.